Hey there, my name is Roy, and I'm the lead pastor here at Arthur Pentecostal Assembly. And we're glad that you've joined us today for our online presentation of God's Word. Now today, we begin a brand new series called All In. Now, if you're with us for our Be Blessed series, you'll recall that at one point during one of the messages, I made a statement that in order to unlock the full blessing of God in your life this year, you need to be all in. Not just halfway, but you need to be all in. Have you ever been around somebody who, who is all in? Whatever area they're focused in, whether it's their job, whether it's a hobby, whether it's, whether it's their, their marriage, it's their, their, their family, they're just all in and whatever they're passionate about. Well, close to a hundred years ago, a group of very brave people were labeled, they had this name, one-way missionaries. And the reason they were named one-way missionaries is because they, they had this desire to spread the gospel message to areas of the world where they never heard about Jesus before. And so what they did is they purchased one-way tickets to the country or the mission field that they were going to go into, and they had no return trip portion to that ticket. So instead of packing suitcases, they packed all their belongings and put them inside coffins. They sailed out of port. They waved goodbye to their families, knowing that they would never return home again. Well, one of those missionaries was a man named A.W. Milne. And A.W. Milne, he set out for sail to the South Pacific to a group of islands where he knew full well that every missionary who had ever stepped foot in these islands before had been killed by the headhunters who lived there. But Milne did not fear death. And the reason he didn't fear death was because he had already chosen to die to self, that he was going to give his life for the gospel message. In his mind, his coffin was already packed and he was ready to go. Well, for 35 years, A.W. Milne lived among these tribe members and he loved them dearly. And when he died, the tribe members actually buried him right in the middle of their village. And here's what it said on the tombstone that they inscribed. It said, when he came, there was no light. When he left, there was no darkness. See, that is a life that is all in. We're living in this time where lukewarm Christianity is not very appealing and it's not effective whatsoever. We're living in this time where the church needs to be the church in our communities. See, our world needs the church to love unconditionally. We need to be generous to, to where it makes no sense. We need to show grace in every area and provide hope to a society that is just running on fumes at this moment. In short, we need a people that are all in. Jesus is going to call everyone who claims to be a follower of his to go all in. He's going to press us to push past the external pressures that would maybe cause us to hesitate at times when it comes to sharing our faith. He's going to push us to desire more than just swimming with the, the current of our, our current culture. He's going to press us to push past our anxiety and our worry that, that this world brings. He's going to push you to change what your priorities are. 
See, I see Christians fighting about all kinds of things today, screaming persecution and unfairness, and it makes me wonder if we're putting our, our, our energy and our time into the wrong battles because our mission is so different. God wants us to go all in in what we are for and not what we are against. See, Jesus is going to press you into changing your priorities. Today we're going to look at Luke's gospel. In Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 1, here's what it says. Meanwhile, the crowds grew until thousands were milling about and stepping on each other. See, at this point in Jesus' ministry, word has gotten out that this rabbi from Galilee, he, he's doing incredible things. His teaching is like unlike anything we've ever heard. And that message that, that, that this rabbi is doing these incredible things and teaching these incredible things is spread far and it's spread wide. And the people are so hungry to hear his teachings and to be healed, they're literally leaving their homes, leaving their families behind, leaving their jobs behind just to be in his presence. And so it says that the crowds had grown until there were thousands, but the actual original, original language is actually more tens of thousands. So you have this massive crowd, and they're literally trampling on each other just to get close to the Savior. And so in the midst of this scene, Jesus turns to his disciples, and he uses this opportunity to show them something. He needs them to be all in. He knows what's coming in the days ahead, and he can't just have lukewarm followers. He can't just have half-committed followers. He needs them to be all in, but he knows that if they're not careful, that there will be some things that will hinder them from being all in. There's some things that will cause them to waver. And so today, we're going to look at one of those things that is a barricade, something that will prevent you from being all in or fully committed, and as a result, will make you an ineffective, counterfeit follower of Jesus. So today, we're going to talk about to be all in, you can't be an actor. See, the second part of the verse 1 says this, Whereas Jesus, is, he's talking to the disciples, and this is where he begins his warning. He says, Jesus turned first to his disciples and warned them, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees, their hypocrisy. See, this word hypocrisy or, or being a hypocrite, it's not a word I don't think any of us want to be associated with. Nobody at their funeral wants people, when they get up to give the eulogy about your life, they, you don't want that word to be one of the words that's thrown out about you, he was a hypocrite or she was a hypocrite. This, but this word hypocrisy literally means actors, being actors. The Greek word hypocrites mean, meant being an actor. It went on to say that a hypocrites was anyone who wore a mask and pretended to be someone that they were not, which makes sense for an actor. I mean, who's your favorite actor of all time? Who, who's the person you love to see on the, the silver screen? Maybe you like the classics. Maybe you like Jimmy Stewart or Humphrey Bogart. Or, or maybe you're a fan of the acting of Meryl Streep or Audrey Hepburn. Or maybe you like one of the more current stars. Maybe you like a Tom Cruise or maybe you like a Robert De Niro and their, their acting. See, for me, one of my favorite actors is Tom Hanks. If I see that Tom Hanks is in a movie... 
I know that the movie's going to be good. I, I can't remember the last time I watched a bad Tom Hanks movie. And, and it just seems like he can play so many different roles and just transport himself and be something as someone that, that you forget that he's Tom Hanks in that moment. Whether it was Castaway or Apollo 13 or, or, or I recently saw him play Mr. Rogers in, the, in, the, in a movie on the life of Mr. Rogers in Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Tom Hanks takes on this role and you forget it's Tom Hanks. We all love great actors or great Hippocrates. While, and this word Hippocrates is a great definition for a stage actor, someone who just kind of puts on a mask and becomes someone that they're not. But it's also a valid definition for some of the people that you know around you who portray, they put on a mask and they portray something that they're really not. They portray something that they want to be someone else or they want you to think that they're someone else. Even Christians that you know. And so Jesus says to his disciples that this is something that you need to be incredibly careful about. This is something that you cannot allow to enter into your life, being a hypocrite or hypocrisy. And so he says to them, Beware of the yeast. Now, if you've ever made bread before, you know that yeast is this little bit of substance that goes into the dough mixed with everything else. It's just a small little part of the ingredients. But over time, as you allow the yeast to kind of permeate through the dough, it, it, it changes everything about the dough. It makes it rise. It, makes it, it causes everything to change its substance. That's how hypocrisy begins. It's sort of subtle at the beginning, but, and it can be really small, but as, as time goes on, if you're not careful, you don't protect against it, it can spread and it can be devastating and it can change you. And it can change when you claim to have Christ in you, it can change everything. Jesus says that you need to be careful around acting. Anyone who is a Christian actor he, he saw the acting that was happening amongst the religious elite or the Pharisees. They were the ones from the outside. They looked like they had it all together, but he could see past the, 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 the charade that they were playing. They were the ones that when you looked at them, they looked the holiest. They were the ones that from the outside, they looked the most devout. And that's how they wanted it to be. But Jesus knew their thoughts and Jesus knew their motives. And as you read through the gospel, you will see that Jesus saves some of his most barbed words for the, the, for the hypocrites or the Pharisees. So he tells his disciples, guard yourselves from allowing even a morsel of that yeast into you. Do not allow yourself to become an actor or a hypocrite. See, spiritual actors perform religious activity without the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus, just a, a few hours earlier, he was sharing a meal with a bunch of the Pharisees and a lot of the religious elite. And he spoke to them about how well they present themselves on the outside, but inside they were full of greed and wickedness. He would also refer to them at one point as whitewashed tombs that looked great from a distance, but they were dead inside. See, the mission that God has given you and the mission that God's given me is important. It's of the utmost importance. 
The stakes are eternal. And so Jesus has little time for those that choose to play church or to play good Christian. He doesn't have any time for that. So a religious actor can seem impressive, but don't dig too much. Don't catch them outside of a Sunday. Don't catch them about, within their own family structure. Because who you are at home, that's who you are. I don't care how impressive you are at work. I don't care how impressive you are at school. I don't care how, how well, how holy you look when you come to church. Who you are at home is who you are. A religious actor produces no fruit. A number of years ago, I was leading a VBS, uh, like a kid's camp, kid's day camp. It was called God's Big Backyard. And so every year we would, we would try to uh, decorate the, the stage area, the platform, to, to whatever the theme was, much like we do here at this church. And so we, we decided, okay, God's Big Backyard, what are we going to do? We decided that the centerpiece of that stage was going to be this big, big tree. And so I gathered a group of students together and we got some chicken wire and we, we paper mached a big this big, massive tree, and we put a tree house right in it. And actually, the students did a great job. It actually was a very good-looking tree. And if you stood at the back of the room, it kind of looked like a real tree. But don't get too close. Don't examine it. You won't be fooled very long when you get that close to this, this tree. And, and don't sit underneath it waiting for it to grow apples because there was no fruit coming from this tree. It was all for appearance. Well, that's the type of G follower that Jesus just doesn't have time for. Paper mache Christians that look good on a Sunday, that carry a Bible that they only open when they're in church, that say all the right things, but it's for appearance. Don't look too close. There will be no fruit. And what angers Jesus the most is the motivation behind the paper mache Christian. Because spiritual actors perform religious activity for the approval of man. It's true. I, th I think most of us have done this at some point or another, I don't know whether we want to admit it or not. How many of you thought about like you missed church a week, or you thought about missing church a week, and, and then the, the thought popped in your head, well, what will others think if I don't come? What if I've missed two weeks in a row? What will they think? What will the pastor think if I haven't been in church in three weeks? They'll start to question my, my, uh, spiritually where I'm at. And this motivation to please others is stronger at times than, than the motivation or the desire we have just to come into God's presence and worship. This motivation, to like what will others think, it drives us sometimes more than what will God think. If you've ever read the Sermon on the Mount, there's a section in Matthew 6 where Jesus addresses the things that we do for public applause. And in this case, he's talking about charitable acts. In verse 1, it says this, Watch out. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired for others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. 
Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. You see, I have to think that one of the most devastating moments would be to come to face-to-face with Jesus. And you don't even need to say a word. You know that he knows that you're a hypocrite. Because you can fool men some of the time. But you never fool God any of the time. Religious actors will perform religious activity for the justification of God. See, an actor will go through the motions, even if it's in private, just in an attempt to earn God's favor. Not as a way of pleasing God, not, not, not in that way, not in a form of worship, but to earn the favor of God, to earn a right standing with God. We know that we already have earned that. We don't need to do anything through his grace. We've already have favor with him. But an actor will go through those motions, not as a form of worship, but to earn the justification of God. A few chapters later in Luke chapter 18, Jesus tells this story to a group of people that are around of a tax collector that went to the temple. And this tax collector goes to the temple and he drops to his knees and and just, he can't even look towards heaven. He's so ashamed of what he's done. Tears running down his face. He asks for forgiveness of his wicked ways. And beside him, there's a Pharisee. And this Pharisee is praying this prayer of thanksgiving. And he's thanking God that he's not like the tax collector. And he lifts off his spiritual resume. And then Jesus tells his audience that is listening that there's only one of them that's actually justified in the eyes of God. And it's not who they thought. One was acting the part of humble follower. The other was actually living it. See, the authentic follower of Jesus is one that fully submits themselves, comes before God with complete humility. I love what Mark Batterson wrote in his book, All In. He says this, Most people in churches think that they are following Jesus, but I'm not so sure. They think they are following Jesus, but the reality is this. They have invited Jesus to follow them. They call him Savior, but they've never surrendered to him as Lord. See, if a church is filled with people that have not submitted their lives to Jesus, but as Mark Batterson says, have asked Jesus to follow them, if the church is filled with actors that play the part but produce no fruit, then really the church has no worth. But imagine this. Imagine a church that is fully submitted to God's will, willing to sacrifice everything in order to impact its community. Imagine a church authentically seeking God's will, authentically seeking the guidance of the Holy Spirit, authentically laying down their rights, authentically caring for others around them, carrying each other's burdens, and actively being a force in the place in which they were planted. That's what Jesus came to teach. And that's what begins a movement. See, I've often heard this question asked. And I think we can ask this about us as a church. But I also think it's a question we can ask about our own individual lives. Very personal. Are you a thermometer or are you a thermostat? A thermometer takes the temperature of its surroundings. And it basically just reports what's happening. It's... it's, Otherwise ineffective, other than to just tell you, here's what's happening around you. But a thermostat changes the temperature. 
It sets the temperature for the environment. It changes everything in the environment around it. That's the kind of church the world needs right now. Not one that goes with the culture, that just just takes temperature of what's going on around it. Not one that just uses all its energy to complain and whine about the environment around it. But a church of followers of Jesus that change the temperature of whatever room that they walk into. That change the environment around them with the fruit that they are producing. That only comes from people that are determined that I am not going to be an actor. I am not going to be a hypocrite. That says, Jesus, I'm fully submitted to you. And I fully choose to follow you rather than require you to follow me. Church. When we do that, our impact is felt deep and wide. And when we do that, here's what they will say. They will say, when they came, there was no light. When they left, there was no darkness. Let's pray. Lord, it's our desire It's our desire to be completely genuine and authentic in our faith. Because if we're just going through the motions, we're not fooling you. If we're just doing this to please people, God, it's it's of no worth. So God, I call on a church this year to be completely all in in their faith. Not just do the bare minimum of what they think it it takes to please you, but to be all in and, and... Because there's a world around us that needs us to be nothing less. And so God, I pray that if for those that have been playing church, or those that have been calling themselves a follower of Jesus, but they've actually asked you to follow them, God, I pray this morning this would be their turning point. I pray that they would ask you to search their heart and change anything that needs to be changed. God, our communities around us need us right now. They need us not to be a Sunday Christian who just plays church. They need us to be authentic followers of Jesus that lean on your Holy Spirit for guidance, that that produce fruit and just give and are kind and just show grace to everyone that we come across. That's what our world needs right now. So God, this year, 2021, I pray that we would examine every area of our life and, and ask ourselves that question. Are we half in? Are we partially in? Are we all in? And if it's anything less, God, I pray that you would just stir up a hunger in us, realign us to the mission, and then send us out. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.